I am uh, concluding our Tis the Season series with a sermon entitled Tis the Season to Dream. And as I was preparing for this message, I started to think about us being in the holiday season and all. I started to think about some of the similarities between our dreams and the holiday season. And what I mean is things like this. Every year, most of us, we start planning and preparing for, for the holidays. And months in advance, maybe a couple months, we, I think, are pushing it back. Hopefully, as far as we're pushing it back. But September, I think, we started throwing out the Christmas music. I mean, we were early, early birds. But we start planning and preparing for Thanksgiving and Christmas and the New Year's. And, you know, it's such an exciting time. You start to, start to get into it and, you know, you start to see the, you know, the lights are coming out and the music's on. And it's just an exciting, exciting time, an exciting time of year. And, you know, similar to that is a lot of times our dreams. I know for me, when, especially at the New Year, I love this time of the year. And I start planning and making resolutions and goal setting and all of that and so on and so forth. And it's, that part is so exciting. You know, you've got this fresh goal, this fresh new day, a new start, and you start working it out and going and moving. And, but all too often, kind of like the holiday season, you, you know, Thanksgiving ends and December 26th comes around and then New Year's is over and you kind of, man, it's over. A little bit, I get a little bit bummed about that. But the exciting thing is that's, that's the great thing about the holiday season is it's an event. You know, every year... You, you can look forward to that. You know, if it was all year round, it wouldn't be near as exciting as it is like it's laid out in a couple months. But dreams, they end up being like that, but in the long run, they're not supposed to be that way. I start thinking about, you know, the dream of, man, I'm supposed to, I, I want to live this out and, and do this and that, and I set this goal, and, and all too often I, I come to the end of it and, I, and I've hit the, the dream and I've, I've, I've maybe acquired what I was looking for, and then it's kind of it's over. And the thing I was, I was thinking about is, you know, the holiday season is supposed to be that way. You know, it's an event time. It's, but dreams, man, I thought they were supposed to be lived out. I thought they were supposed to be lifelong. I thought dreams were supposed to be something that, man, they're the things that keep us going, keep us moving, keep, keep us trucking along. And all too often, I know for myself, they just become an event. They become something that year after year I can pretty much look forward to the beginning of the year. I'm setting them. I'm getting ready to go. And, and hey, it's end of the year's happening. Well, that was, that was okay, but let's do it again. And, you know, King Solomon, who, who was the wisest man ever to live, kind of ran into this scenario when he writes about it in Ecclesiastes chapter 2. He says, you know, everything my heart desired, everything in the world I could want, I had. And if I wanted the house, I could have it. If I wanted, wanted the wife, I could have it. If I wanted this or that, I mean, everything his heart desired, he said he could have, and he had. And at the end of the day, though, he, he, he goes on to write, he said, but... Man, at the end of the day, there's still that emptiness. You know, I think he was looking for what, what I'm looking for, and I think many of us, when we're dreaming, it's, man, this is supposed to be fulfilling. This is supposed to take me to that next level. And, and, and all too often, we, we run into that same scenario he did, that the dream becomes just an event instead of a lifelong, life-changing process. You know what, as I read on in, in Ecclesiastes, what I, what I came to understand is, you know, at first I was thinking, well, maybe, maybe it's just what you're dreaming you know, maybe you've got to have this super spiritual, this big dream, and maybe that's a life fulfilling, that's a lifelong dream, but some of these others, they're just more event-type dreams. But as I read on, it, it didn't matter what he pursued. He said everything his heart could desire, anything he could have, but it still left him empty. So, so it made me question, what is it then? What is it about dreams that makes them more of an event than a life fulfilling thing? What is it that we do that makes them that way rather than a 
life-fulfilling thing. You know, people often say, I have a dream for my life. But does that, is that dream truly a lifelong dream, or is it something that you, you end up doing one day and it's over? And, you know, uh, John Maxwell once said, the only security for the believer is not found in avoiding battles, temptations, and problems, but in being found in the perfect will of God. Jesus said in John in 4 and 34, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. You see, what they, they were talking about is there, there is something more than just an event dream. There's something more. It, it, it's not so much. Jesus said it's the whole thing. It, it, my whole purpose is, man, I've just, I'm here to accomplish the dream God has given me. I'm here to, you know, John Maxwell is saying, you know, it's not about just, it's not the dream itself. It's the journey God's taking you on. It, you know, it's not so much in what we acquire, but in how we acquire it and how we use it that makes a dream truly fulfilling. I got to thinking about uh, dreams, and it kind of reminded me a little bit of this PlayStation 3, which is, I think, a pretty big holiday gift. No, I did not get this for, for Christmas. I wish I did, but I did not. I even got the Spider-Man game. But, but this, you know, a lot of, a lot of times uh, dreams are similar to things like this. That You know, there's a lot of people out there who would like to have one. You know, that, man, I, I was going to say a lot of kids and and teenagers, but I know a whole lot of adults that would love to have one as well. So, but there's a lot of people out there that would love to have a PlayStation 3, similar to a dream. A lot of people out there that would love to, to have a dream for their life, but you know, few people actually get one. You know, there, few people actually get the dream that they're looking for. And even, you know, even the ones that get them, you know, some people get these PlayStation 3s, some people get a dream, but when they get them, they don't know what to do with them. You know, a lot of people want them, not many get them. Some get them, and not many people know what to do with them. Isn't that so similar to how dreams are in our lives? You know, it's, I think the, the creator of this PlayStation 3 knew something that most uh, companies that, that market things like that know is, you know, it doesn't matter how you acquire it. You know, that PlayStation 3, someone could work incredibly hard. They could work extra hours, make a little extra money, and, and work hard to get that PlayStation 3. Or they may just get it for Christmas, didn't have to do a whole lot of work, but... A man here comes and Christmas time comes and bam, I got my PlayStation 3. And I think what they even know is, you know, we could even go out and give, give this to somebody. We, we could give a PlayStation 3 away to them. But at the end of the day, if they don't know how to use it, it doesn't matter how they acquire it. It doesn't matter what they have. At the end of the day, if you don't know how to use it, there's no fulfillment to it. I think that's why they throw this into the, into the box, into the mix with it. Some of the, there may be some of you out there that don't need this. For me... I need probably three or four of these. I mean, this type of, this piece of equipment here, I mean, how to hook it up to the TV, what can it do, how do you, how do you get the game into it, all, all those things are found right here in the guide. They, because they know that if, if you don't know how to use the piece of equipment, you're not going to get any fulfillment out of it. it you know, and that, that's the same way with dreams. If we don't know how to dream dreams, if we don't know how to live our dreams out, if we don't know how to use our dreams, at the end of the day, they're just going to be an event. At the end of the day, it's just going to be opening up a box of PlayStation 3 on Christmas Day, and it's exciting to open the box, but man, now what do you do? What do I do with it? And so what I'd like to spend the remainder of our time doing is, is going over what I call the PS3 Dream Guide. And no, I didn't get it from PlayStation 3. I actually found this in Proverbs chapter 3. But what I want to do is, is spend some time looking at you know, what is it? what has God set in motion for us you know, I'm so thankful that we serve a God who, who, like the creators of PlayStation, knows that, man, there's more than just dreaming dreams. There's more than just having an eventful dream. There's actually 
a life fulfillment process to it. And I'm so glad that our God has put into his word a, a process, a guide for us to follow on how to live out our dreams, how to get dreams that are truly fulfilling. So let's jump into that. The, the first thing, if we want to live a dream that is truly lifelong, truly fulfilling, a dream that leaves a legacy far greater than we ever could think, the number one is we need to let love and faithfulness direct you. Proverbs 3 and verses 3 through 4 say this, Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. You see, what, what God understands here is life's made up of relationships. You know, I, I got to thinking, I was trying to, to go through this and think of all the different dreams I've had and maybe different dreams that people could have. And every, every dream that I came up, every thought that I had, whether directly or indirectly, somehow is associated to some type of relationship. You see, life's made up of relationships. And what God knows is if you're going to live out a dream that's more than just an event, you have to build relationships. You know, a lot of us, we kind of pursue our dreams similar to the way that, that we pursue a parking spot at the mall during the holiday season. And you all know what I'm talking about. You've all been there. I've been there. But you, you're driving into the mall. You see the parking lot, and there's millions of cars. I mean, I just, that's the one thing I hate about the holiday season. I hate going to the mall during the holiday season. It's just packed. Cars, every spot seems like it's taken. And, and so you're driving around looking for the perfect spot, which is usually the only spot that you find available. That's the perfect spot. But you're driving, looking, and you turn the corner, and there you see it. I mean, it's like a glorious moment. You step out there, and all of a sudden you see the taillights come on, and that car's backing out, and you've turned down the aisle. And halfway down the aisle, you see the car pulling out, and you're like, bingo. Merry Christmas to me. And that, that's what we do. We kind of do our dreams similar to finding a parking spot. Man, I've got one objective, one goal. And, and you start to see it and you start to slowly you know, creep towards it. You don't want to scare those people to make them pull back in. You want them to come out. So you've got to kind of work it and maneuver it. And they start pulling out. And out of the corner of your eye, you see the mom coming down the other way with the minivan. And you know, she knows, you guys have spotted the same spot. And this is what we do. It's so true. We, we get there as soon as the car's gone, the race is on. I mean, you start moving quicker and quicker and then kids are jumping out of the way. Moms are screaming. I mean, it is pandemonium. You're flying IndyCar. I mean, it is just crazy. And you whip in, you get the spot, and you jump out of your car dancing and singing, and man, I got it. I won. And you see the mom with her eight kids drive onto the back 40 and find a spot for a car. I mean, that, that's the way it is. And so many times, we pursue our dreams that way. We, we forget about other people around us. We forget about relationships. And we get so focused on, well, I got to get this, got to make that happen. That what we forget, similar to how we forget when we get into the, the mall parking lot, is that's only half the battle. Because at some point, you've got to leave that parking lot. And you know what it's like trying to leave a mall parking lot. So you, you're pulling out and you're getting ready to go and you come to that intersection and there's 100 cars lined up. And this is exactly what we think. We could care less about people when we are pursuing that parking spot, but, oh man, now that I need you, man, this tis the season. I need some love. Help me out. Let me in here. Now, mom with her eight kids, you see her pulling up there. Oh, oh, you'll let me in. I know, I, know I, I beat you down back there, but, but let me in. Show some love. There. And that's the way we do it. That's the way we pursue our dreams oftentimes is, is we, we forget about the relationships. We, we get so focused on just trying to catch that dream that we forget about the long-term impacts that our dreams have, the long-term impacts that other people have in our lives. You know, I think John Maxwell said it best when he said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I mean, isn't that so true? They don't, man, it's not about who cares 
Man, if you, if you know the most in your company, who cares if, if, if you should be intellectually or, or have the degrees to, to be the top in your company if, if you've left a trail of casualties behind you? Who's going to follow you? Who, who cares if, if you're reading all the books and you're trying to be perfect dad and trying to make everything happen and, and all that and you're reading, well, but, but you forget to, to love your family. Who, who cares? Because at the end of the day, it's not about that one objective. It's about what God's going to do through others. And, and here's what I know. Here's what I know to be true, that if we want to gain the love and respect of those we need, to, we need the most to help us make our dreams come true because we all, at some point, are going to need somebody. At some point, we're all going to need somebody to help us make our dreams come true. If we're going to get that love and respect from them, we've got to let love and faithfulness guide us. There's a second thing that, that we need to do if we want to pursue dreams that are bigger than us, if we want to have a, a dream that, man, we can rest our life on. and That's we need to trust in God. In Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6, say this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, everybody say in all your ways. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. And to me, I think this is probably the most important step in this, this guide. is, We've got to put our trust in God. And, and a lot of us today say, oh, I, I do that. I put my trust. Man, I, I know God's going to, to, to make my dreams come to pass. I know he's going to help me make those come to pass. But, but a lot of times, our trust looks similar to the guy who got capsized in the ocean. His, his boat, the storm came capsized his boat and you see him out there in the middle of the ocean he starts treading water he starts crying out to god at that point god i need your help help me i'm 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 sinking i'm drowning here god help me save me rescue me and a few minutes later here comes a fishing boat right there and the the fishermen see him out there in the water and they say oh they, they stop and say sir let can we help you can we get you on our boat can we get you to safety no no go on go on i got god on my side i trust in god god's gonna save me he's gonna help me and after a little while, the, the fishermen get tired and they, they head off. And as they leave, the, uh, this man starts crying out to God again. God, help me. Save me. I'm growing tired here. I need your help. Help me. And shortly thereafter, here comes a, a rescue boat. And they see this man out there and they call out to him and say, Don't worry, we're going to throw you a life preserver. We're going to get you in. We're going to get you to safety. And the man again argues with him says, No, don't worry about it. I got God on my side. I'm, I'm, I'm trusting in God. To bring me to safety and, and after a, a while of battling with him they eventually grow tired and they, they take off and, and here comes the answer the prayer for, down from heaven here comes the helicopter man they throw the rescue ladder down and, and they're there and they're trying to get him and the, the man starts waving him off he says no no go on go on I don't need your help God's going to save me God has got my back he's going to save me I trust in God and eventually that helicopter leaves and, and the man finally grows tired and, and quits calling out to God and eventually he he drowns and and when he gets to heaven he sees God and he's he's just so confused he's so angry and and when he gets the opportunity to talk with God he says God man where were you at he says man I put my trust in you man I, I even I even called off some other things that were trying to come some worldly things that were trying to help me man I put my trust in you to save me and God looks at him and in disgust he says man I sent you two boats and a helicopter. What more do you need? I mean, but isn't that so true? That's sometimes how we, we put our trust in God. Because here's what we do. We, we have this dream for our lives, and we map it out. Here's point A, point B, C, and eventually I'm going to get down there to my dream. And, and what we have to realize is 
that if we were to probably take our map to get to our dream and God was to take his map to get to our dream, they'd look totally different. Same dream, two totally different paths. And, and so many times we say we trust in God, but if it doesn't match up with how we have it drawn out, if it doesn't match up with our wisdom, we say, I'll, I'll, well, forget it. I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll take care of this one. You, you can sit this one out. And that's the way we do it. We, we say we trust in God, but oftentimes we don't open ourselves up to, to follow the path that God has for us. And, and typically, I would, I would think if, if we were to lay our, our plans right next to God's, we, we may get our dream, but more than likely that dream is going to be an event. And if we do it God's way, the other lives that are going to be impacted by the paths he takes us on, the growth that it's going to take us through to get to that destination, the whole process it takes us through is going to be more fulfilling, more lifelong, will leave a legacy far greater than we ever could imagine. And here's what I know. We, we cannot get the help we need to accomplish divine dreams if we don't trust in a divine God. We cannot get that help if we don't trust in him. There's a third thing, and, and it ties really closely with this point number two, is we need to develop a fear of God. Proverbs 3 and verse 7 through 8 say this, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. And when I read this, I started to think, man, there's some extra money coming my way. I can drop the gym membership, that health food. Forget it. All I've got to do is develop a fear of God, and I'll be healthy. But what God's saying here is, and I need, you need to develop a reverent fear of me. You know, God's saying, if you really want to have a healthy life, I mean, exercising is great, you know, eating right, that, that's all great, but and you've got to seek me out. You're going to need some of my wisdom if you're going to trust in me, if you're going to follow my plan for your life. And, and here, here's what, what happens. We, the moment we acknowledge God's superiority is the moment we start to accept his wisdom. You see, the moment until we're willing to say, you know what, there's a God who's bigger than I am. There's a God who's greater than I am. There's a God whose purpose and plan for my life is, is far greater and far better than I ever could imagine. Until we're willing to do that, until we're willing to acknowledge God's superiority, we're going to continue to do things our way. We're going to continue to follow our path because we're going to do it on our own wisdom. And what God's saying here is, you, you need my wisdom. You know, you're not going to be able to, if, you, if I start taking you down this path and, and you start trusting in me and all of a sudden you've got two roads and, and this one's the way that, that your plan says, but this is the way I want you to go. Unless if you trust in me, unless if you have a reverent fear of me, unless if you know me and that my ways are higher than yours, you're not going to follow that way. And in the end, you're going to get going and you're going to accomplish and achieve your dream and you're not going to be fulfilled. And so if we want to, to live out God-given dreams, if we want to have a dream that is so big, so great, so larger than life, we've got to learn to, to accept God's wisdom. There's a fourth thing that if we're going to, to live this life-changing, legacy-leaving dream, there's a fourth thing we need to do, and, and that is we need to honor God with our possessions. Proverbs 3 and verses 9 through 10 say this, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Here's a lot of times what we do and, and I know I'm probably the worst at this. I am, my wife says I'm OCD. I don't think that's the case. I just think I'm organized. But, but we get to the beginning of the year and we start setting up our goals and our dreams. And Well, man, if I'm going to 
man, I need a little more time because I've got to exercise here, so I've got to cut this, I start chopping this. And, you know, we start planning out our days and our weeks and our calendars. And, and when we start going, well, man, if, if I want to go ahead and get this house or this car, well, I'm going to have to make a little extra money, and I've got to do this. And, well, if I want to go ahead and, and move up in my, in my job, in my career, I'm going to have to get a little more education. And all those things are great. But the problem is, as we start doing all of that, start making all these plans, and a lot of times we forget to honor God. And here's what God says as, as we're going through this. God says, man, that's great. You want, you want to advance in your career? I love it. I love excellence. I want you to be the best you can be. But honor me. Just, just honor me. with. Make sure you put me, give me a little bit of time. Make sure you don't, don't forget about me. Make sure you give me some time. And, man, you want to... Man, you want to go ahead and continue to, to grow your, your skills and, your, uh, and grow your life and, and everything. I mean, you want to be a better husband, a you know, better father, yada, yada, on and on. Man, that's great. Go ahead and, go ahead and read books. Go ahead and spend time. And, and, man, go to classes. Do whatever you want to do. But, man, make sure you use those gifts, those talents, those passions. Make sure if you're passionate about kids, man, don't, don't just use it for your own. Man, share that with some others. Use these. Honor me. And here's what happens. So often we start running around like chickens with our heads cut off. We're going and we're spinning this plate, juggling this ball. We're, we're running here trying to close the next deal, trying to make the next class. And at the end of the day, we may get there. We may get that promotion. You know, we may get that house. We may get that car. We may get whatever that is. But at the end of the day, if all we do is work like crazy and kill ourselves to try and get there, at the end of the day, we're going to find it as just an event. You see, here's, here's, what, here's what God knows is there's more to life than just running like crazy to try and accomplish something. There's more to life than just trying to do things your own way. Here, here's the thing that, that God knows. He says, you know, it, it's an amazing, ironic principle. I don't understand it, but here's what God says. You've got to give up to go up. You've got to give up a little bit if you want to go up a little bit. And this is what I know, that the moment that we start to open up our time the moment we start to open up our talents, the moment we start to open up our resources to God is the very moment he starts to open the floodgates to our time, our talents, and our resources. It's at that moment that things that you just, oh, man, alive, I don't have to work like crazy to get here. I, it doesn't make sense to me, but, man, I, I've honored God and I've given him my time and I've served and, and I've done this and I've helped. And, I've, and man, alive, it's, it's just happening. And I don't understand it. You know, I, I, I can't get my mind all around it, but it's the wisdom of God. We've got to give up to go up. And God says, if you want to live a life, man, to fulfill your dreams, to live a God-given destiny, don't kill yourself trying to do it. Honor me. I've already got the same dream for you. We're on the same page. And I just want to spend some time with you. I want you to honor me. I want, I want to take you on the journey. I want, I want the things that, that you have that that you can only do this much with, I want to use them and do this much with. I mean, that's the God that we serve. And so if we want to live these, these life-fulfilling dreams, we need to let love and faithfulness direct us. We need to trust in God, develop a reverent fear of God, honor God with our possessions, and finally, we need to accept God's discipline. In Proverbs 3, verses 11 through 12, it says this, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. You see, here's the thing about dreams. You know, when we, a lot of times the reason a dream becomes an event to us is we built our life and when we start doing things our way and, and we try to just 
add this on top of it. It's, man, I'm going to go ahead and add this career on top of this life that I've built and who I am. And, okay, I'm going to go ahead and, and add this family on top of here. And I'm going to go ahead and, you know, add this and that. And we start stacking things on. And what God knows is, man, none of us are there yet. None of us are completely ready where we stand today to live out that, that God-given dream. None of us are completely there yet. I mean, you can start stacking, but eventually something's going to give. Something's going to fall through. And here's what God wants to do, and this is the reason that he gives us his correction. God wants to mold us as he takes us down this journey, as he takes us through the process of achieving our dreams, as we go step by step, as we start following his plan, as we trust in him, as we seek him, as we honor him. Slowly but surely, he starts, well, I'm going to tweak this a little bit here because now I've got to get this to fit in here. And I'm going to mold this a little bit because I've got to make that happen. And, and, and you start working. And he starts putting it together. And rather than this dream becoming something that you, you stack on top of it, it becomes an interwoven piece of your life. Your dream, you are actually living out your dream. And in order to do that, we've got to not only accept God's discipline, but we've got to put God's disciplines into action. Because here's how God corrects us. Here's how God molds us. Here's how he shapes us. He's set up. And you've got to spend time with him. God says, you know what? If, if you want to live out this dream, if you want to, and if you want to live it to the fullest, man, let me, let me tweak you a little bit. But, man, spend some time with me in prayer. Develop a relationship with me. Man, I, I need a little bit of tweaking. I need a little adjustment here. Man, get to know my word. I've written this entire book to let you know I love you, to let you know my plans for you, to let you know how I want you to live. And you know, if, if we're not careful, what we'll do is we'll, we'll come to this New Year's Day and we'll start making our plans and start putting it together and start, start making all that happen. And, and we'll end up forgetting God. We'll end up putting aside His disciplines. We'll end up starting to make this roadmap to where it doesn't match up to where at the end of the day our, our dreams become events rather than a lifelong process, rather than a life-fulfilling dream. And, you know, in order for us to do that, we need to sit down and as we start to plan our dreams out, we need to say, you know what, God? And it's a priority of mine this year. Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend time with you daily in your, in your presence. I'm going to pray to you. Man, God, I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to read your word. I'm going to get to know what you have to say to me. God, I, it's so important to me that I, man, that you, you develop me, that you, you build my life for this dream, that, man, I'm going to make it a priority to, to come to church and worship corporately. And, and man, just hear your word week in and week out. God, it's so important to me that I'm going to surround myself with, with people who are seeking you. And I'm going I'm to build real community. I'm going to build a real life together with others who are on the same journey I am. You know what? As, as we start to do that, as we start to, to put God's disciplines into action, God's discipline doesn't seem near as scary, doesn't seem near as harsh because you start to view it as a Molding, you start to view it as a shape, and you start to view it as you, like you would as you go through your career, as you go through your job. Well, man, I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm, I'm being changed. And the Bible says, man, God, He, He disciplines us not because He's a punishing God, but man, because He He delights in us, He loves us, He has an amazing plan, an amazing dream for us. Here's what I know: that if man, if we want to live out a dream that's going to rock our lives, that's going to rock our families' lives, that's going to change this world. And we've got to put the guidelines, put this dream guide into work that the maker of the universe, that the maker of you and I put together. Let's pray.